This is an LLD production. On this episode of Shadow Gallery Seminars, finding our purpose with Mark McGregor. Life is changing for all of us, and in an age of constant evolution, one question remains the same. What exactly are we doing here, and what is our purpose in life? Well, today, we plan to take a look into that. How exactly do we find our purpose? How is purpose even defined? And what can we do once we identify our purpose to take the steps necessary in achieving our purpose? The answers to all that and more when Shadow Gallery Seminars begins now. Hello from the SF Shadow Gallery. I'm your host, Armand Olia. It's one of life's biggest questions. In fact, it's a question so big and vague that we've all asked ourselves this both consciously and unconsciously. Who are we and what exactly is our purpose in life? Yes, finding our life's purpose. It isn't easy to either think about or even execute. Philosophers have debated this issue since the days of Socrates and considering this was about 2,500 years ago, you can already imagine that there is no such thing as an easy answer. So why exactly are we talking about this? Why are we even trying to come up with an answer to a question that, for all intents and purposes, has the most difficult answer of any question or topic we will ever broach on this program? Well, because it's still such an important question that we are all still attempting to find an answer for. It's an evergreen yet static topic, both definitive and yet vague. How many topics can you say this about? And now in a world getting more and more complicated with more responsibilities being created and more going on, it's becoming increasingly important, at least to many people, to find a purpose, to create a reason to live in order to make something of themselves and even changing the world potentially for the better. So how exactly do we find our purpose? How can purpose be defined? Is there even such a thing as a singular purpose? And once we find it, How do we take steps to achieve it? Joining me now via satellite is Mark McGregor, former hockey player, coach, and manager, now a leadership development coach working with numerous companies and business schools. He is also the author of Being on Mission, a powerful story of personal development and change based on the 10 principles of leadership and life, our mutual pick for book of the month. Mark McGregor, welcome to the program. Great start. You've got a lot of questions bubbling in the room already, Armand. This is going to be a challenging session. I bet it is. Absolutely. So for people who do not know you, for people who don't um, know your work, could you, um, how about you introduce yourself to the world? Sure. I mean, you, you gave it a very short wrap there, which covers most of it. It was, I was a teacher originally, played university ice hockey, you know, the typical scholarship route, ended up going to Europe to play pro hockey got into coaching very early. I was a player coach in Germany, got into coaching in Switzerland, took a year in Australia, got into this business about purpose, motivation, starting with the why, and uh, came back to Switzerland where I live and got into this whole topic of helping people become their best, helping people see their potential and try to find more purpose in their life. Great to be here. It's great to have you here. So how did you start getting into um, into that particular study? The book that impacted my life was the book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by a guy named Stephen Covey. And that book, I likely 
threw it down the first five or six times. And finally, as I started to chew it and reread it and rethink it, it really made me start to reflect on why we're here, what we're meant to be, who we're meant to be, and those kind of questions. And that's where it started for the book. Yeah, and oh, so many years later, that journey leads you to, um, to us, which I'm very grateful for. So let's get started, shall we? I'm ready. All right. Yes. So Mark Twain probably gave one of the greatest quotes of all time when he said, what gets us into trouble is not what we don't know. It's what we know for sure that just ain't so. And because of that, we always start with the three basic building blocks of the subject. What we know that is proven, what we don't, what we quote unquote know that's false and what we don't know and need to find out. We discussed this actually during our production meeting, um, you know, a couple, maybe last week, I'm starting to lose track of time because of COVID, but let's get into that. So what exactly do we know about um, finding our purpose and in purpose in general that it's already been proven? Like it's not, it's not really going to change. Yeah. I mean, this, this area, as you called it, it's a little bit vague. Of course, there's still lots of research going on out there. I think what we do know, your purpose has to connect to your core values. That's, that's the, the, the work on values is very, very powerful, how it forms a foundation for a, purpose, a person's purpose. I think also what's proven is if we can find that purpose in our lives, it makes us resilient, it makes us stronger, it makes us healthier and happier. Studies are showing that is also quite strong. And I really believe in that myself. If we can help people get clarity on their purpose and their why, I think there's benefits on many sides, from health to emotional to strength and even avoiding, to me, sickness and diseases. So how exactly do you define purpose? I think purpose is understanding why you're here. And when I do workshops, I get people to think about who am I? Who, who am I? And that gets into why am I here? And that's the question I work with on when I work with people. It's to make them try to find words to define their contribution, what they want to contribute, what they want to give back, and perhaps even get into the legacy. Stephen Covey believes a lot in what's your legacy. That gets into purpose, what you're leaving behind. And do you think that in terms of, um, in terms of purpose, legacy is a very important uh, factor in it? Yeah, for some people, I mean, I work with a variety of clients. I work with athletes. I work with young people. I run camps for, called vision camps. For the younger people, legacy is not as important. But as you start to get to the end of your life and you start to reflect when you're 60, 70, 80, and you start to really wonder, what did you leave behind? What, what, what's going to stand beyond the person, the physical body. And uh, those kind of questions can really open up thought on purpose. So you think it's sort of a forest or the trees effect? Yeah, good, good way to word it. Um, it, it. It changes through different phases of life, that I know. And, uh, but I think it's for young people as well. People like your colleagues and peers from universities in the past, I think it's never too early to start reflecting on purpose. And, and why you're here, and especially doing the heavy lifting. The heavy lifting gets into your core values, the values you want to live and be known for, because maybe that's your purpose. So in terms of, you were just talking about younger people finding purpose. So what actions do you think that 
we can take in order to find it. Yeah, that's that's the challenging part. There's no simple recipe book or cookbook to do that. I think the key is, as I mentioned already, start with the core. Who am I? What are my strengths? The strengths you want to bring in. I have a little model called the sweet spot is a good model. You draw three big circles that overlap and that, that center spot, I call it your sweet spot. And that's making people look at their strengths, look at what they're passionate about is another circle, and then look at what they want to give and, and offer to the world. And if you can find that intersection of those three circles, that's sort of what you're being called to do. That is a good tool, but it's heavy lifting to, to spend a couple of hours on who am I at my best? What are my strengths that I want to play to? Where do I want to be world-class? What's the passion I want to bring in? And what's the value and my contribution going to be? And, uh, but that's, that's a good first step. And so after you find that, how do we execute? Like how, what are the actions we take once we find that sweet spot? Now, I guess, I guess the actions at, at, at that point, I always recommend people need to, after reflective process, take some kind of small actions within 48 hours. They have to do something. I always say to them, the vision will die if you don't take action. And they have to simplify what they can do. And I'm a big believer in weekly plans. So if, if you've committed to me what your purpose and your vision is and what you're really meant to be and to give and to do, if you're clear on that, then I'll challenge you every week to take some action based on that and break it into a weekly plan and say, what are you doing this week? Or is it going to die? And why exactly 48 hours? Well, the research again shows that we need to start getting some small successes fairly soon to give the momentum and keep the power going. And of course, if you could start to do something daily that's connected to your purpose, then the research says if you can do things daily for about 30 days, you create habits. And most people have to learn to create new habits that are more aligned with their purpose. They're aligned with who they are and who they want to be. And that's where change happens. It's all about the power of purpose and power of habits. So do you think purpose is intended to be singular or can you have multiple purposes? For some people, it's singular. It is such a burning desire, such a clarity of what it is they need to do while they're here on the planet. is a burning desire and a sense of urgency and it's singular. And for other people, there's a multiple facets of it. And it can be complex, but I've seen people come up with a variety of things they want to do and give back to others before they move on from this world. And uh, that's a multiple faceted purpose. And that's also fine. It's really an individual thing. How about in your case? Is your purpose more singular or do you have multiple purposes? I, I'm more singular. I, I, I've simplified my life because I really believe complexity is the enemy of execution. And I come from the world of sport and I'll just repeat that. Complexity is the enemy of execution. I think Tony Robbins said that as well. And uh, the, the key to me is being really, really clear about what I want to do. And I broke it down into two words. I, I've got a little tool that makes people reflect on their happiness moments. If you really reflect on when you were really happy in your life, you can see trends and patterns. And usually that leads you to 
what you were doing then and your purpose, because you're likely fully on mission or on purpose at that time when you're really happy. And mine's all about affirming potential. I'll repeat that. It's pretty simple. It's affirming potential. Because most people don't see their potential. And what I'm all about as a father is that I, I try to affirm, or not try, I affirm my children's potential so clearly they see it in themselves. And if I could do that for hundreds or thousands of people, that would empower them to move on and become who they're meant to be. And that's so exciting. So I try to keep it real simple. You mentioned before um, being on mission and being on purpose. Do you feel there's any separation between the two? And if so, where is the separation? Yeah, uh, uh, another really good question. The way I, I word it and use it for myself, of course, we could, we could discuss this all night long of the difference in wordings. So words like values, vision, mission, and purpose, four totally different words. But of course, they combine and connect so I work first on, on the word vision. I get people to really see the future. Vision's a visual thing. And from that, part of that vision has to be their purpose. They have to define what's their purpose out there. And that becomes part of that vision. Purpose is part of vision in my world. And then I talk about being on mission. I use the word on mission in my book. And that's about doing the right things first based on your purpose and your vision and stepping up and executing. So mission can be the same word as purpose for some people, but I separate them. I see them as two different things, right? But purpose is powerful, knowing why you're here. Start with the why. So you start with the why, then you go into the vision, then you go into the purpose, then you go into the mission, correct? And then you back up and you even start with values. And we get back up again, start with your core strengths and start with your passion. So it's, it, it is complex because there's a lot of things at play here, but when you tie it together, the final step is executing based on that vision and purpose and living it and being it and bringing it to the streets. And that's the being on mission. And that execution is usually the most challenging part for people to really make it happen and break it down into small, tangible steps. And that's the secret. So they start to feel good. They feel like they own it. They feel part of it. And they get, they get empowered and they strengthen their belief in it. And it, it it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. They just, they just see themselves growing and changing and being more and more on mission, which will lead to that life of purpose. So there are going to be people who are listening to this program who are about my age. So I'll be 23 by the end of the month. And, uh, you know, they, they aren't some of them aren't necessarily going to really know where exactly their values are. So it's going to be very difficult for them to establish a purpose to establish a mission. So for those who don't really know exactly where their values are and where, where exactly they lay on there, how exactly can they find them, at least from your experience? There, there, are, there are a lot of good tools and good courses and books on that topic. But the real core, core question to ask, there's a few of them, it's what matters most? And just start to think, and it's heavy lifting, right? Most people don't want to invest the time to really clearly identify their core and their core is who they are. And you can even think about values. There's DNA values that came from mom and dad. 
some of that's within us, but we need to be clear. What are they? And do we accept them? Do we want to live them? Are they part of us or just baggage that we cut loose? And then there can be amb ambitionary values, values we want to live. And then there's, there's just different reflection tools. I do a lot of work with people in reflection, mental training, meditative guided discovery, where I just get them to think about what values do they want to be known for when they're 50, 60? What are the values professionally? What are their values privately? And uh, that's the kind of work, and you should fill a page or two of thoughts to identify the core. And then you can start thinking, how do I live those values? Because living a value is something totally different than knowing what matters most. The question is, are you living it? And uh, that's the same with purpose. Having a purpose is one thing, but living it and moving toward it, that's the challenge. So what about for those who, again, my age, but they don't feel like they can see where they where they are going to be by 50 or 60, because that is very much realistic. I know people who don't know what they're going to do tomorrow, much less what who they are and what they're going to do 30 or 40 years down the line. How exactly do you think they can learn how to see it? And that's true. Of course, some people don't want to see it because then that sets them up to fail. And often failure is, is, is a fear, but we have to find ways to turn fear in, into power. And we have to find ways to get these young people, especially these young people trying to visualize because from sports psychology, visualizing is the number one technique that athletes use. That's, that's really what separates athletes and some of the entrepreneurs, that ability to see the future, to, 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 to find that quiet space and your mental power to, to begin with the end in mind, as Covey calls it. Because things are created twice. They're created once mentally and once physically. And if we can just find that time and that place to do it, you, you don't do it in a busy day. You don't usually do it sitting at home. You got to get away and just try to project yourself and try to see the ideal life, what, what, it, what it could look like. And it's not about a career necessarily, the next step in a company, but it's just sort of a lifestyle. Get a picture of what you're doing. That can be inspiring. This seems like an obvious question, but finding a purpose for sure is not easy. Can we agree on that? We can totally agree on that. And that's why most people get caught in the day-to-day -day and they just sort of stay in the rat race of, of running in that treadmill and, spinning their wheels and at the end they start to question life and some of them get sick some of them get depressed they they lose their focus lose their self-esteem and belief because they realize they're, they're living totally not aligned with, with what matters most and what, what they're here to do but they try to avoid that and so why do you think people find um like some people think oh looking for my purpose in life it's so easy i i know i need to do this 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 and this but in the end they it's really not that easy why do people why do you think people find it so easy then yeah i i, I don't think many find it easy i think but there's a few for sure who, who somehow early in their life they sort of figure out what they really want to do what 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 they're being called to do and some people get that message through life, through experiences. Some have come from environments that talk a lot about giving and future and meaning in life. And uh, so those, those people, I guess, had a little advantage of reflection. And, uh, but it's not easy. And, it, and the majority, I think, are struggling with this topic. When you talk about words like values, vision, mission, 
a purpose-centered life, a life of purpose, uh, that's, that's, that's a challenge for most human beings, not just young people. Do you feel like your own purpose is evolving or is, is it very much um, stationary at this point in time? Well, it really evolved when I was younger, when I, when I got into the world of, of professional sport, you get very, let's say, mono-focused, where you're, you're, your only focus is the next job, the next league, the next paycheck. And, and uh, I think when I think of myself at that time in life, when it was all about sport and sport only, uh, maybe life was simple back then. Maybe my purpose, I thought, was just to help hockey teams go from good to great. Right? help people win, help players get to the next level as a coach. And it, it, it definitely has evolved over time. Having children helps it evolve. In my case, getting fired in hockey helped it evolve. Having financial challenges early in my life helps it evolve. And there's many life experiences. Some people, life's been too easy. Maybe they don't need to think about future or purpose. Maybe it's just going to be always easy for them, but I'm not so sure. But do you feel your purpose is still evolving? Yes, I do. Yeah. And I don't know which way it's going to go, but I, 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 uh, when, I, when I think visionary, I, I think my purpose over the next 30 years will likely change again. I, I really moved into the world of, uh, during Corona, I chose to go into the world of renewable resources and energy and, uh, and just spent, spent about three months just, just learning something totally new. And I felt that was part of my purpose to now have an impact on that part of life as well, because I've been a person who's lived exactly opposite of that all my life. And uh, so it's a chance to change, to be the change you want to see. I mean, I, I look in the mirror and that's what I say, be the change that I want to see, right? And start it. So do you feel that in terms of that journey, are you going to enjoy the ride or is it all about getting to the destination? No, no, you really got to enjoy the ride. That's a good question. Some people, uh, that's actually a, a really good question. Some people get so tied up in, in the vision. I'll be happy when. When I'm doing this, I'll be happy. Oh, that's when I'll be happy. And, and that is wrong. Because then you're not enjoying the moment. You're not here in the now. You're not connecting. You're, you're, you're always multitasking and trying to do two things at once. And never in the now that Eckhart totally talks about that now power and uh, that's 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 a huge part of being on mission is to be here right now fully in this moment enjoying it feeling it and uh, whether it's one-on-oneing like this uh, i call it two time or, uh, or even one time when you're pretty alone and you're just there and uh, so i will never let people say having a vision takes away enjoying life i, I believe that's wrong you you can definitely have a vision and enjoy every second of the day And speaking of enjoying time in the now, we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we will be going through panelist questions with Mark McGregor. Don't go away. This episode of Shadow Gallery Seminars is sponsored by ND Renegade. There are a lot of causes nowadays that get massive amounts of awareness. It feels like almost every day there's a protest going on somewhere in the world recognizing equality and fairness for all types of differences, including sexual orientation, race, or gender. And yet there is one cause seldom discussed because apparently people don't seem to feel the need to. That issue is neurodiversity rights. 
For many people with conditions such as autism and other spectrum disorders, ADHD, dyspraxia, dysgraphia, apraxia, or dyslexia, just to name a few, it can be very frustrating not to be heard or represented in a world where societal fairness is the goal. Thus, the quantity and quality of voices needed for this to be recognized are a priority. ND Renegade, for which I'm a brand ambassador, focuses on raising awareness for neurodiversity issues using products such as t-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts. They want, just like Shadow Gallery Seminars, to shine a light on issues that are rarely thought or talked about and to make those who are neurodiverse, like me, proud of their differences. As of this taping, I'm wearing one of their shirts with the Maui word for autistic, Takiwaranga, which literally translates to in their own space and time. Amazing, huh? Another amazing fact about ND Renegade's products is that all ND Renegade products are ethically sourced. All inks used in the printing process are water-based, non-toxic, vegan, eco-friendly, and disposed of according to supplier guidelines to ensure no harm to the environment. The poly bags used in their packaging are recyclable, low-density polyethylene, as well as FDA and USDA compliant. Not only that, but when you buy these products, you can wear them knowing they were made without sweatshops, child labor, forced involuntary or trafficked labor, harassment, abuse, and corporal punishment. All workers receive mandated wages, allowances, and benefits paid according to law, safe and healthy work environments, and safe and healthy housing where provided. In other words, these are products that are amazing on all fronts. It's an absolute win no matter which way you look at it. And thanks to the fine folks at ND Renegade, if you use the code SHADOW15 at checkout, you get 15% off your order. That's right, use the code SHADOW15 at checkout and you get 15% off your order. So folks, join the Neuro Tribe and be a renegade with ND Renegade. We are back now with Mark McGregor, and as everyone here in the audience knows, the one thing we love to do is we love to hear from you. So I put out a post on social media not too long ago saying, hey, um, during the holiday season, in case you guys aren't busy, we'd love to have some questions here on the show. We got a few of them. We answered a few of them actually during the um, the first part in case, you, in case you missed it. If you did, then go back and listen to the beginning of the show. Don't worry. We'll wait. Done. Great. So the panelist questions with Mark McGregor, if you are ready, question one, what do you feel your purpose is? I think they're talking to me, but we'll start with you. I would like the younger person to go first. They might've been talking to you. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Um, the beautiful thing is, is that I've actually been focusing on this um, for a while now because you know, when you graduate from college and you're going into the professional world, you sort of have to stop and regroup. And luckily, COVID's given me a bit of time to think. And it even came down to um, a statement that I made. I will read this entire statement right now. My purpose is to educate and inform people on important issues we all face and can change, including our physical, mental, and emotional well-being through multimedia storytelling. That's video, print, and audio. At the same time, it is a personal imperative to be an active voice in the neurodiversity community, leading by example and showing that autism is more than what people believe it is. 
I want to set the bar and show new standards of what autistic people can accomplish and make it less shameful for people to openly acknowledge any difference they have. Wow. Heavy, heavy lifting was done by you. Good for you. Thanks. I appreciate that. And, and I love what you told me in the break that you did the three circle method where you had to really sit back and say, what are my strengths? What, what, what can I choose to become world-class at? That's the secret. And then the other circle, bottom left, what do I love to do? Yeah. What, what's my passion? And then what can I do that creates value, that adds something? And if you find the center of those, which you did, then you create your purpose statement yeah. or your mission statement. We can call it what we want, but that defines. And now you've got to challenge yourself, Amon. Every week, what are you doing? Yeah. To live that. Yeah. And I also, what are your big rocks this week? Right? Yeah. And I also must add that I, uh, I put out a list on social media of 10 things I want to accomplish by December 31st of this year. And I'm literally like, I use the, my purpose as a guideline, but I also know there are a few things that I want to accomplish personally. And if I get through even one of them, I'll be, I know I'm going to be happy, but if I get through all 10, oh, I can consider 2021 a good year. So um, what exactly is your purpose then? Yeah, like I said, I simplify it pretty easy. I'm all about affirming people's potential to help them become the best they can be. And that's really what I do. That's all I do. I do it a thousand times a year. Everybody I meet, I just try to affirm their potential so clearly, so clearly that, that they see it in themselves. And the lights click, sparks happen, and they, they slowly start to move to become the person they're meant to be because they're meant to be someone. They're meant to grow. They're meant to become their best. And it's such a cool, it sounds so simple, but that's, that's really what I'm all about. I do it with my kids, my partner, my friends, and, and I'm really into vision. If I can get people telling me their vision, what do you see? What's it look like in 15 years? What's it look like when you're old like me at 60? What, what's the ideal picture? And if people will share it, it's hard to share it. It's like pulling teeth out of people. But you can get them to talk. You can get them to share. And once it's out there, once it's been created once mentally, physical creation, you do it every week. Little bits, little pieces, the big rocks. That's what it's about. Absolutely. So our next question, it's a two-parter. We tackled the first part already, which is, does purpose have to be one thing? The short answer is no. Um, can, but the second part, I know we didn't cover, and this is the part I think, I think I'm going to be asking you here. Can one's purpose be the journey to finding a quote-unquote purpose? That is a very complex question. But one of the favorite things I read and I built in to my thoughts is, Perhaps the purpose of life is a life of purpose. The purpose of life is a life of purpose. So if your purpose is finding your purpose, I guess that could fit it. Um, I, I think we got to go beyond that personally, but uh, it's, it, it is perhaps at a certain phase of your life, your purpose to rediscover, to explore, to try, to grow, to take courses, to learn, to fail, to take risks. Because if you don't take risks, you cannot grow. So maybe your purpose at some point in your life is to do that, right? And there's a great poem from a guy named Emerson had the poem, 
And his poem is, if you do not take risks, you cannot grow. If you cannot grow, you cannot be your best. If you cannot be your best, you cannot be happy. And if you can't be happy, what else is there? Seriously, yeah, what else is there? I mean, I guess there's a lot of research, Armand. I'm mean, sure you've read some of this stuff on the, on the, 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 the pursuit of happiness. Maybe that is our purpose. I have one CEO in Switzerland from a company named Ooster Technologies, and his whole thing is that it's all about the pursuit of happiness. Let's, let's do things here at work and at home to be happy and let people feel it and know it. That's what we're doing here. We're doing things to be happy and make others happy. Maybe that's what it's all about. I mean, look in the United States, the three basic um, tenets are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, which I think people True. forget that last part. Everyone remembers the life and liberty. No one remembers pursuit of yes. happiness. Great. I didn't know it was there, actually. I'm a Canadian. I didn't know it was there. I've heard the other two all the time. Huh? Yeah, but you never hear about pursuit of happiness, which is really a shame because I think if people remembered that, I think things would be a little bit more peaceful here. And you, there's no question if we can create more happiness on this planet, one person at a time, Armand. Maybe that's what we are all about. Maybe you just try to create more happiness one person at a time on this planet and impact them and affirm their potential and plant a seed what they could be and what they could do. Imagine the impact. So the next question, um, again, it's sort of similar to what we were just talking about, which is, can you have more than one? Again, yes. Um, can you switch course or flip-flop between two depending on your life stage? And once you find your purpose, how do you prioritize it? Yeah, so to take that question a little bit in pieces, of course, it, it will change. As I said in my own story, I thought my purpose in life was to coach hockey players. To get The vision was to get to the NHL. I didn't get there as a player, but my vision was to get there as a coach or a manager. And I almost lost a relationship, almost lost my health, almost lost my kids. And I was climbing on a ladder that at the end of the day, again, as Stephen Covey calls it, the ladder was leaning against the wrong wall. That had nothing to do with my values. I was caught, I was trapped, I was confused, I was running. It was having a toll on my body. I was getting poked from behind with sticks from the sponsors and the managers i was getting hanged with bags of money on the top because that was the bonus money if i'd climb faster i was taking courses on faster ladder climbing but you know what it did not make sense and when it didn't make any sense and i realized i wasn't happy and i looked at the mirror and didn't even want to look at that guy standing in front of there who looked like crap and ate like crap i had to say this is not who i want to be this is not what i'm here for then you start to change what else can you do? So then, um, I'm not sure if you covered that last question. Once you find it, how do you prioritize it? Every week, every week you look at it somewhere, like your statement. That statement's useless unless you look at it every week. I have one lady. She has a mission statement. Purpose is part of it. Her name's Sue from St. Louis. And she said she looked at it every day. Some days went home early. Some days went for a walk. Some days chose to work four or five more hours. But then by seeing that, that, that's what keeps you on track. You see, that's what a purpose or a mission statement does. It gives you a track. You can get lost. Like I got lost for years. But then somehow you can come back to a track if you have one. I didn't have one. 
But if you have that track, you can look at it and come back to it. That's where the power of vision, power, the passion, your purpose statement, your mission statement. Then you break it into a weekly plan. Say, this week, this is what I'm going to do. This is the big rocks I put in my agenda. Then you say no to what matters least so you can say yes to what matters most. And because of your purpose statement, Armand, you know what to say yes to and you know exactly what to say no to. Then you need to be strong with XQ, execution quotient. Not IQ, not EQ, not PQ. That's physical intelligence. You got to be strong on XQ that you execute based on that. And you'll feel good about it at the end of the week. And you look in the mirror, you'll smile. 22 muscles will tighten up, 14 will relax because that's a real smile. And you'll go, wow, that's a happy human being there. And that's what it's all about. I mean, there are a lot of things um, in terms of at least the neurodiversity advocacy. I mean, one of the things that I'm doing, for example, for those who listen to the show, if you want to back up a little bit, you'll notice I did an ad for um, ND Renegade, which means a lot to me because there aren't many brands or companies who are really openly pro neurodiversity rights, pro autism spectrum, pro any of that. So to even find them was such a huge step forward in terms of my purpose, not just, I mean, obviously I, I get money from um, sales, which is great, um, but it's also, it's great knowing that I'm helping serve my community in a way that's not just me in front of a microphone talking. Nice to see the emotion, Armand. Shows your purpose is aligned with your core values and who you really are. That's real, cool. Absolutely. So next question, do you feel you are born with purpose or does your purpose develop over time? No, I, I'm a, I might get myself in trouble with some people. I, I don't believe you're born with it. I don't believe it's in your DNA. A lot of things are in your DNA. As I said, some of your core values are from the DNA, from mom and dad, friends, strong people, significant others form your DNA. But I think purpose is somehow discovered, found, worked on. You got to do a lot of heavy lifting and you got to sometimes fail. You got to struggle. The struggling makes you tough. Right? This corona should be good for us. People should have found time to reflect on who they are, but more importantly, who they want to be, what values want to define them, what they want to be known for, what they want to give. This was the time, man. If, if we didn't use this time to do that, we never will, right? Just keep staying busy. You know, it's like coronavirus was the ultimate pause button on life. It was the ultimate pause. Yep, you got it. I don't think we'll ever get that type of pause button again. So next question, is purpose connected to fate in some way? What's your definition of fate? Hmm. It's hard to define fate. Again, it's such an abstract, con you know, it's such an abstract concept, you know? That's why but I didn't want to take, that's why I didn't want to take that question, right? <laughs> Fate's a tough one. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I guess I don't believe in, in fate. You create your own destiny. I think Tony Robbins talks about a date with destiny. That's, that's creating. That's principle one that I teach. I teach these things called the 10 principles. And principle one is it's, it's not about fate. It's not about your parents and your history and it's about you taking life in your hands and, and not being a victim and just stepping up and taking initiative and choosing, choosing to live. If you want more health, you create more health. If you want more love, you create more love. You love, right? Love's a verb, right? You, you start to do and be. And so that's, I, I don't believe in fate, I guess. I, I think we create 
That's who we are as people. We are way more than our history. Yeah, right. That's the words I was looking for. Thanks, Armand. Final question. Is helping others a purpose large enough to be fulfilling? Is the purpose driven by the heart tugs or is it something you determine based on experience? The last part of the question, again, there's got to be an emotional connection. Your, your purpose statement, Armand, when I heard you say it, and I could see you on the video, I saw emotion, I saw passion, I saw feeling, I saw meaning, I felt purpose. I felt power. I felt being vulnerable. You were vulnerable then. That was great. You have an ability to be vulnerable, to share that, to put it out there, put it out to the universe, put it out to us. So my point is there's got to be an emotional part to it. If it's a rational thing, forget it. That's not a purpose. That's just another rational statement that hangs in companies, right? This is you. It's, it's got your name on it, your fingerprints, your, your DNA, your life blood. And uh, so that's the first one. And, and the, 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 read the first part of that question again, Armand. Is helping others a purpose large enough to be fulfilling? Yeah, as soon as I heard that, I said, great, if that's what makes you happy. And there's a giving in that, and that, 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 that's wonderful. Now you've got to decide how you want to do that. Right? Start with the why. So that's what you want to do. That's what you're here to do. So how are you going to do it? And go to the how. And then break it down to each week. What are you going to do this week? And how do you become really good at that? best in the world at it. How do you align it with your values and your passion? Just keep challenging. It'll call you. I call it, find your true calling. What you're really being called to do. Choose it, do it. Find it, choose it, do it. Right? Turn fear into action. Turn fear into power. Take risks and grow. So we're now coming up uh, towards the end of the show. And this is around the time where we talk about our picks for book of the month. And obviously um, with you, there was only one book I could have possibly chosen. Only one. And that's of course yours, which was Being on Mission, which there are two copies that exist in my house. One is signed to a client who we will not discuss on the show, but the other one's actually signed to me. Um, so what exactly do you think that um, people should be getting when reading, from, when reading the book? The message, I hope, they find and take away is it's all in their hands. They are strong enough. They can choose. They can create and they can become and do what they really want to do. And uh, it's all about these 10 principles of leadership and life and just trying to get themselves aligned with their core values and live it and be it. And uh, most of the book is not new. What I teach is not new. It's often just common sense, but sometimes common sense get lost in this world today. And we got to come back to common sense and, and just all about personal growth. And, and that, that has to come in your life and that'll open doors. So just keep growing, keep taking risks. And I hope people go on to be the person they're really meant to be. Maybe that's what being on mission is all about. So, so in summary form, what's the best course of action that we can take right now that's sustainable, that's easy in order to find our purpose? Wow. One little step is find a, one of your favorite spots, either mentally your happy spot in the world and get on some music and get the eyes closed and just start to reflect. Reflect on what matters most. What are your strengths? 
What's the ideal picture you see in 10, 15 years? And just start to visualize. Use that ability to visualize, to start a little fire, start a spark. Because that spark, who knows where it's going to end, right? That spark will burn and grow. And, so just find that quiet space. And uh, put on your favorite quiet music and just start to think and then start to write and let it grow. So you're on the right track, Armand. You keep your process going. Keep living that purpose and we will see you again. Absolutely. Mark McGregor, thank you so much for your time and your patience. It's been amazing having you on the show. Thank you. There has been quite a lot of information throughout this episode talking about finding your why, establishing your sweet spot and pushing through and finding the action in order to get there. I mean, there was quite a lot we went through. If you guys want to go back to the beginning and even go through to where we are now, then by all means do so. This is not meant to be a one and done listening thing. Listen to it again and again if you want to. But just as a reminder for our books of the month, we both chose Being on Mission, of course, written by our very own Mark McGregor. When you learn about the 10 principles and how they can be applied in the real world through a narrative form, it really helped me establish my own purpose, my own goals, my own skill set even when I first read it oh so many years ago. So how do you find that book? It's very, very simple. You go to our website, www.shadowgalsemis.com. That's shadow, G-A-L-L-S-E-M-I-S.com. Then you click on the book of the month tab. You can purchase them via Amazon and hardback to your back Kindle. And funnily enough, with the brand new sponsor, a Shadow Gallery Seminars, yes, you can purchase it through Audible. As this is a show about education and information, there tends to be a lot of reading done, whether it be books or studies, whatever it may be. However, there are only so many hours in a day and your brain can only handle so much. When you consider driving and various activities, it becomes more and more challenging to pick up a book and read. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment from podcasts like ours to audiobooks with an unlimited range of genres and thousands of titles to choose from. And if you don't have Audible, don't worry, we can make it easy for you. If you go to Audible, if you go to www.audibletrial.com slash shadowgalsemis, you can get a free 30-day trial with credits for a free audiobook. Or if you're a member of Amazon Prime, you'll get that same 30-day free trial with credits for two free audiobooks. It means you can get Audible for 30 days and listen to Being on Mission on Audible. So folks, when you think of leading the listening revolution, you think of Audible. And while you do that, you can go check out the rest of our beautiful website. Don't forget to subscribe to all of our social media at Shadow Gal Semis. That's Shadow, G-A-L-L-S-E-M-I-S, all of one word. After that, if you haven't yet, subscribe to the show via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Audible. Leave us a written review and maybe even five stars. That would be actually amazing. Next episode, since it is the month of February, we look into the evolving state of love, the rise of dating websites, and how many are finding it more difficult to find love as a result. But much like Valentine's Day, my friends, that is in February. Right now, I want to thank everyone involved in the making of this episode, including Mark McGregor and in particular Karen Barrington, who allowed us to use this fantastic remix of Dave Rex Take 5 as our opening. Folks, Happy New Year. Thank you for listening. And remember, in an age where awareness is paramount, scientific potential. Let's learn together. We'll see you next time from the gallery.
This has been an LLD production.